Good morning, New Hope. Pastor John, uh, so good to be with you. Well, not literally physically with you, but we are together in, in worshiping and, and it's so glad to, to kick off our series, Emoji, Dealing with Feelings, I think so appropriate at this time. Hey, you know, this, this extended stay home, right, in, in the coronavirus time here, feels like uh, an extended, like, winter snowstorm in Minnesota, right? You're, you're hunkering down, you're, you're riding out the storm, but at some point you just, you just got to get out. Well, I remember when our, our kids were young and we lived in the central neighborhood of Minneapolis, we'd have a big snowstorm. We had one of our favorite kind of family uh, um, memories is being able to, put Gabby and Josh in the snow sled and take them through the winter wonderland, pull them to our favorite uh, neighborhood uh, pizza joint called Giacchino's Pizza. And well, one day uh, we were gonna do this during the snowstorm and my daughter Gabby was, was sick. And so mom said, sorry, Gabby, you're sick, you can't go. And Gabby said, if I was sick, could I do this? We love that family tale, we love that memory, but in some ways that's a really healthy way of, of dealing with our feelings, dealing with our emotions and, and getting things out in a, in a proper way. The dilemma we have in, in modern uh, Western Christianity is we've, we've often separated our, our faith, our Christianity into our sacred time and our secular time. Sunday's for God, the rest of the week is, is the secular, the, the worldly stuff. And, and many times similarly, We've separated kind of all of ourselves from our Christian faith. Namely, we've left out our, our emotional self. We are created as, as beloved children of God, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and made in God's image. And so all of that image needs to be submitted and, and redeemed to God. Um, rather than stuffing our feelings, there's better ways of, of dealing with our feelings. Follow along as I read uh, God's word today from Psalm 62. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty, mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Our big idea today is that emotionally healthy spirituality calls us to give our feelings over to God so that we can be transformed inside and out. In order to walk in this emotionally healthy spirituality, we need to do a few things. First of all, we need to pay attention and pour out our emotions. Recently, during uh, the current pandemic, I noticed a something that was a long time tightness in my back that had gone away. It came back. This summer, I was, I was doing an exercise called body prayer where you just notice the, the focus um, and, and the attention of, of different parts of your body. And and it, during this time, I realized God had healed my back. Uh, for so long, I'd had a tightness in my back where that stress was. And he had healed that. And I was just giving God thanks um, through this powerful exercise to, to remember his goodness. Well, what do you know? During the, the coronavirus, 
time, that tightness has come back into my back. And, and our physical bodies and emotions are there to tell us something, to pay attention to what's going on. My wife is always harping on me, John, be self-aware, be self-aware. And some of us are better than others at, at being self-aware, of noticing, paying attention to our emotions, to our, to our physical bodies and, and to our physical surroundings. It's important to be aware, to ask probing questions. Uh, why am I hurt? Why am I bothered? Why am I sad, frustrated, angry? I mean, what is God trying to teach me through this? I just read a timely and, and fantastic book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by pastor and author Peter Scazzaro. And in it, he says, to feel is to be human. To minimize or deny what we feel is a distortion of what it means to be image bearers of our personal God. And a big part of, of paying attention to our emotion is the gift of, of knowing our true self better. And whether you, uh, you know, poo-poo that as, boy, that's egotistical or selfish to know yourself, it, it's important to realize that um, a big biblical truth of knowing God is also knowing ourselves. This is what Augustine, the great writer of Western Christianity, said, how can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? And he prayed, grant, grant Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know thee. And St. Teresa of Avila, a great contemplative writer, wrote in the way of perfection, almost all problems in the spiritual life stem from a lack of self-knowledge. And when we pay attention to what's going on the inside, we open ourselves up to the invitation to know our true selves, to know the self that God has created with the image of God, with our gifting, to know him, to know his love and delight, rather than the false self, which, which operates out of sin, and operates out of the, the nature of the fallen world and comparing and, 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 and shame and, and the like. Verse 8 of Psalm 62 gives us one of the most uh, biblical, uh, psychological kind of counseling in, in all of the Bible, where David says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And this imagery of pouring out our hearts to God is, is a vivid one. It's let it all out, right? Don't hold anything back. And while it's human and fallen nature to, to stuff when rough, to stuff our feelings, God wants a good way, uh, the great way to trust him, to pour out our hearts to him, to, to pour out all of our emotions, all of who we are to him. Uh, recently, uh, just this week, I saw one new hoper that just joined the Facebook family and, and just started uh, Facebook. And I, I just cracked up. One of their relatives said, welcome to the world of Facebook. It's such a, such a peaceful, calming, welcoming presence, right? We all know that's not totally true. It can be a great way to connect. But uh, the sad reality is so many people are pouring out their emotions in, in real negative ways and, and pouring that on uh, social platforms. And truly, the, the main audience that God wants is him. He wants us to pour out our hearts, to pay attention, and to pour out our emotions to him. You know, two-thirds of the Psalms are written as uh, Psalms of Lament, where the psalmists just pour out their heart, pour out their raw emotions to God. And that's what he, what he wants. If we, if we admit it, if we're, if we're honest, we often don't want to pour out our, our, our emotions because we, 
because we're unsure in our fears. We don't know where they come from. Again, the author Peter Scazzaro was real honest in saying before he was willing to, to give his whole heart in, in everything to God. He said pretending was safer uh, than honesty and vulnerability, vulnerability. And sadly, he realized there were whole layers of his emotional self that were untouched by God's transforming power. So God wants us to be in touch with our emotions. God wants us to pour them out and give access to all our hearts so, so he can renew and restore the broken pieces, the broken past, the broken parts of our inner person. Again, our big idea is that emotionally healthy spirituality calls us to give our feelings over to God so that he can transform us inside and out. So we pay attention. We pour out our hearts to God. And secondly, we practice healthy boundaries. In 1 Kings 19, we have the story of Elijah the prophet who's, who's feeling like the whole world is collapsing on him. And it, this chapter just points out a great, great picture of, of how we can similarly recover from, from breakdowns in our life. In the story here of Elijah's great struggle, um, we see an amazing spiritual and practical way to handle our emotions, to, to handle crises in our life. And the first of all is, is rest and nutrition. So basically one of Elijah's huge problems is exhaustion. He's just done, he's been on the mountaintop and defeated the 400 prophets of Baal. And Queen Jezebel is out for his head. And so he is, he is exhausted. He is, he is scared. He's on the run. He goes out into the desert and he falls asleep only to be wakened up by an angel who says, here, you must eat. He eats, he falls back asleep. He's woken again by the angel and eats again. So he, he goes 40 more days in his journey. But he's, he's exhausted. When we're hungry and tired, right, we have less control over our, over our moods, over our emotions. And so health professionals these days are repeating over and over again how, how important it is to get good rest, how important it is to have a, a good, healthy diet, how we need it during this time. So rest and nutrition. Secondly, there's question and dialogue. God is so gracious with Elijah and wants him to pour out his heart to him. And so he says, uh, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then Elijah replies to God, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. There's a lot of emotion here as Elijah is given permission to, to tell God where he's at, right? And so there's frustration, there's, there's loss, there's, there's fear, there's rejection. And in this passage, God actually asks Elijah two times this question. Where are you? What are you doing here, Elijah? And I think this is a, a similar time. This is a similar time of of. of, of just chaos in our world. And God is asking us, what are you doing here? How is it with your soul? What are you feeling? How are you processing this and leaning into me, to God during this time? So we, we practice healthy boundaries of rest and nutrition, of questioning, of dialoguing with God, and thirdly, of listening for the still small voice of God. After this time, God says, 
uh, to Elijah to go outside the cave and to stand because the presence of God is about to pass by. And first of all, God sends a powerful wind, but God's presence wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, he sends an earthquake, but, but God's presence wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, he sends a fire. God's presence wasn't in the fire. Finally, after the fire, a still, small voice. It, it, in the Hebrew, this word is really hard to translate because how do, you, how do you hear a voice in silence? But God, in the silence, in the still, small voice, speaks to Elijah. And when we, we pay attention to our emotions, when we pour out our hearts to God and practice healthy boundaries, we put ourselves in this place where we can finally listen to God who loves us and has created us and wants to speak his truth and his presence to us. God is calling his people. He's calling us this time to, to bring our fears, to bring our questions, to bring our full attention before him and to, to humble ourselves and to listen for his voice. This is an amazing time. And, and people have been so busy, so allegedly in control of, of our lives, so on the run that now that we stay at home, we don't know how to be quiet before God. We don't know how to, to listen, to listen for his perfect peace, for his presence, for his assurance, for his word, for, for him to speak into what, what our true selves are before him. And so we pay attention. We pour out our emotions. We practice healthy boundaries. And finally, we put our trust in God. Walking with Jesus should impact all of our life because all of our life, all of it's sacred. We're all made in the image of God. Psychology is good. Practicing good, emotionally healthy uh, health is good for the soul. But psychology by itself is empty. We need to be emotionally healthy, but we need spirituality, emotionally healthy spirituality. And in Psalm 62, David shows us that we can and we must practice both. He pours out his soul before God, but then through it all, he puts his trust in God. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation come from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. You know, this word uh, rest is dumaya in the Hebrew, and it means silence, quiet, rest, a, a trusting, a silent expectation. And that rest is what people are longing for and so, so few can find. So how do we find that rest? How do we find this, this silent expectation, this trust, this hope in God? Just a few things to put our trust of God into action. First of all, receive the gift of limits. Paying attention to our emotion points us back to the reality we are not in control of this out of control world. Only God is in control of the world that he has created. And to receive the gift of limits is just to recognize we are limited. We are finite creatures. We don't have the control, but we can receive the gift of limits and follow God's command to once a week, the, the Sabbath, to take rest and to put our trust into his infinite power, his unlimited love and goodness and care for us. So we, we practice this gift of limits. And I think during this time, this is so important. God has given us this amazing opportunity as we wrestle with how to be quiet, how to, how to be at home, to take rest, to take delight in God who delights in us and wants to show us new ways. There's a story of a, a wagon train 
of Christians traveling from St. Louis to Oregon. And uh, they, would, they would take a rest on the Sabbath. On Sunday, they would, they would take a rest from their travels all week. And during, during the autumn, they began to get a little nervous. Are we gonna get there before the winter snows come? And so there began to be this, this argument in, in the camp. And, and finally, they decided to, to break into two different groups. And one would go on and, and they would keep the Sabbath. They would rest one day a week. And the other group would just keep going to get through uh, hopefully faster. Well, you know who got there first? The group that took Sabbath rest. They and their horses were more rested so they could accomplish more during the six days of traveling, during the six days of work. What a vivid picture that God wants us to, to receive the gift of limits. Secondly, there's the gift of biblical self-talk. You know, in, in the beginning of Psalm 62, the psalmist states this, this victorious truth. My soul find rest in God alone. In verse five, there's a subtle shift. It's still this truth, but now it, the psalmist is taking that truth and speaking it to it. He's speaking it to himself. He's speaking it over to me. He's speaking it to his very soul. He says, find rest, oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. It is so easy to believe the negative self-talk, isn't it? It's so easy to believe those messages from the enemy that, man, I'm not worth it. I'm all alone. I'm, I'm a reject. I'm, I'm in this alone. I'll never amount to anything. But it is possible to not hear, to reject those voices from the enemy. And like David, like the psalmist, to speak the truth, to speak the word of God over ourselves, to say, find rest on my soul. Find rest, John. Find rest, Susie. Find rest in God alone. Our hope comes from Him. So there's the gift of biblical self-talk. There's the gift of, of honor. When we learn to trust God, we pour out our hearts, our dependence on Him. We receive the gospel more and more. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus, isn't that He just saves us from our sin. No, the gospel wants to pour out His grace so that we're transformed more and more into His image. David declares, my salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Here's a little test. If we'll, if we'll receive this honor, if we'll receive this full, full salvation from God. And that's just receiving the gift of gospel humility, right? If we are growing in emotional maturity and learning to trust God, then we, we won't think too much of ourselves, which is pride. And we won't think too little of ourselves which is the negative self-talk of false humility. We'll just think of ourselves less. If Here's the test. If we receive compliments, then in our hearts we just give glory to God because He's the one who's created us. He's the one who's given us gifts. He's our hope. He's our salvation. And if we receive criticism, then we learn uh, less and less to be offended because it's all about Him. My honor, my salvation and my honor depend on God. That's a great gift to just let go of the ego, let go of the pride, and just to, to lean in more to the gift of honor, the, the gift of what God wants us to receive. Finally, there's the gift of gratitude and praise. I was speaking to a spiritual mother during this time and, and just talking about learning to pay attention to our emotions, the feelings, to tightness in the back. And she said when she comes through these times, she, she makes a shift to consciously choose joy during these times consciously choose joy. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but we present our requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guards our hearts and minds. Choose joy, choose joy in this time. God is good, he's got it. So I, I don't want to have spiritual amnesia, right? I don't want to forget how good God's been. I don't want to forget his, his word, his truth, and how he wants to heal my emotions. How he doesn't want me to stuff them, he wants me to pour them out and to, to practice good health habits. So New Hope family, as, as we close, man, I just want to say we are praying for you. We're on our knees for you. This is a spiritual battle. And we're going into the heavenlies to just ask God to be good to you. Ask God to show his presence to you personally and to connect in the ways that we can connect. Uh, I just want to, I want to encourage you, take an action step. What's your action step today? Get before God, get quiet before God and say, what is it, right? God, that you're, you're calling me to do. How can I pay attention? How can I pour out my heart? How can I practice healthy boundaries? How can I uh, just bring these things before you, Lord, and, and put my trust in you? How can I practically do that? And I just believe God is gonna give you ways. I believe God is gonna bless you. He's gonna reveal parts of your true self more and more. He's gonna let some of these shackles fall off, right? And, and just walk in him and, and pour out these emotions and let God bless you. I just think it's an exciting journey. It's not an easy journey. It's easier to stuff when it's rough. But God wants to bless us. God wants to create more and more emotionally healthy spirituality as we trust him, as we give it over to him and let him transform us inside and out. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just, I just thank you for our time today. Lord God, we just thank you for our word. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that, that we can find rest in you alone, God. You are good. You are holy. You are true. And your truth, Lord, it is, it is everything. It's life. It's life-giving. And so, Lord, help us to receive that and help us to pour out everything to you and to receive your goodness and to receive your truth and to receive the messages and, and to speak those messages of truth over us and and over families, over loved ones. God, bless your people in this time. Heal our land. We confess our sins to you. We come to you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.